correctly with the correct amount. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. radiocom Welcome to Me and Steve Talk RPG, the podcast where me and my friend Steve try and help you get the most out of your role-playing game experience. Welcome back to Me and Steve Talk RPGs, and what is up, Gamer Nation? So, Steve, we have a guest on today. We do? I think we do. There's somebody in the Discord with us. So might as well make that guest talk about the podcast that they run here on the D20 Network. Oh, hi. Hello. My name is uh, not Steve, a.k.a. Sugi, but you guys are awesome. I love you. And uh, I have a show that talks about Warhammer Kill Team called Squad Tactica. And it's a really laid back show where we talk a little bit about the hobby aspect. We talk a little bit about the competitive aspect, their strategy. Um, we talk about lore. There's all. There's really all kinds of facets for people who have maybe been playing for a long time, or maybe quit playing and want to get back in. Or, of course, the wonderful people who looked at the game and go, "It's too expensive." And then we introduced them to Kill Team, which is a very small skirmish game. So maybe you need five, ten models at the most. So the approachability factor is really high. But the fun factor is what really keeps people coming back because we just have a great community. It's super relaxed. A lot of really wonderful people in the Discord channel, and we just really like to nerd out about all kinds of fun stuff, especially WandaVision. We're having a big thrill on that, so, you know, that's a thing, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been listening to Squad Tactica. I really enjoy the show, and it's great to have you on the show, our show, particularly. And we brought you on just because you're talking about minis and all of that fun stuff, but we really brought you on just to have a uh, have a good laugh today and have a good <laughs> chat. And <laughs> we okay. decided to bring you on and laugh at you for a little bit but oh no <laughs> <laughs> but anyways so really the goal of today's episode is just to chat and have a good time we haven't had a good relaxed podcast in a hot minute so welcome to the show sugi and all right yeah, throw on that smooth jazz like da, 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 da. um well yeah we metal intro but yeah <laughs> <laughs> Now this is the this is the Sunday night version, the off night. You know, it's kind of oh, like yeah, Chick Fil A. Yeah. We're we're just taking a break. We're going home. Gonna, <laughs> oh. gonna rest our brains for a second. Let me just reach out to the band that made our intro and see if I can get them to do a smooth jazz version of that. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so speaking of Wandavision, that's a good show, huh? <gasps> I will not spoil anything. But it's no, so no, 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 good. we're not going to spoil anything. Also, if you came here expecting RPG content, this one will have some, but this one's going to be kind of light on it. More <laughs> rambling, less, less <laughs> us talking about RPGs like we normally do. So I'm enjoying WandaVision and I'm enjoying it so much because my girlfriend and, and this is just not to like put her on blast, but she doesn't like any of the things that I like. Like she doesn't like Star Wars. She doesn't like. Uh, the Marvel movies, none of it. Yeah, she is not. She's she likes her crime dramas and like sitcoms, and that's about it. Oh, I'm and anything on my TLC. Anime glasses right now, like noni. I know, I know, right? <laughs> she likes anything on TLC and like all of her crime dramas and everything. But I sat down. I'm watching like I want to say I'm watching episode three of WandaVision, and she's like, "What is this? This seems neat." I'm like, "Yeah." You can start here. Um, 
And now I'm in this predicament where she keeps asking me these questions about the Marvel universe. And I'm like, you know, there's movies that we could watch that would explain this all right. And she's like, I don't want to watch them. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I haven't started WandaVision yet, largely because I'm in the midst of a Star Wars binge. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Which part of my soul hurts because of that statement? Uh, that's a tough one. I'm proud of you as a Star Wars nerd, but as a Marvel geek, I'm confused. And yeah, <laughs> I this is like it's like that time where your friend tells you that there's like a two for one at the Chick Fil A, and you're like, "What? You can buy one meal and get another one free?" And they're like, "Yeah, where on Sundays?" And you realize you just got had, and you're like, "Hmm." <laughs> that's that's the conundrum I'm in right now. Like, uh-huh. Well, yeah, okay, but. So, yeah, so we're working our way through WandaVision, me and her, and it's hilarious because every now and again, something will happen and she'll go, who's that? (sighs) So then we have to pause because I can't, you know, can't be rude, can't talk during the show. But I have to pause and be like, all right, look, there's a whole movie that would explain who this person is, but (laughs) you won't watch it. So here's my (laughs) abridged version. Hmm. I've seen some of the Marvel stuff I watched. Well, I saw. um. Oh, my brain's the the one where everybody dissolves the Avengers and Justice League. Oh, no, whoops. In game. <laughs> yeah, Justice um, League. I saw that one in theaters. I actually watched most of I'm drawing a blank on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I really liked. But I think some of it is because I grew up in a little tiny town in the middle of nowhere. And so, like, there is not a comic book shop there to this day that I know of. Hmm. And so, okay. like, I, I wasn't ever really, like, especially young, I was never exposed to, like, the, all the, the comics. Like, yes, I was aware of Superman and Batman, whatever, but, like, comic book culture, I didn't even find out about until I was in college. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fair. I, I can understand that. I can understand, like, yeah. So let's, let's then, since that's sort of out of your purview, and let's get into something that is now becoming part of your purview. Let's talk about Star Wars. All right. <laughs> And the nightmare that you're going through right now. So let me understand the current situation. You watched, are are you watching it in, in timeline order? Yes. Okay. So you watched episode one, episode two, and then you just finished Clone Wars. Yes. And Revenge of the Sith. And Revenge of the Sith. Oh. So I'm doing this at work, by the way. So it's on the phone and I'm listening to it. I'm not watching, watching as intently as I would if I was sitting at home, but I don't have time for that. Hmm. It's still consuming it in a way. Season seven matters. Yeah. Clone Wars is good. There's There's a lot of stuff in that season. Where it really turned. Yep. That was right before Netflix got their hands on it. Mm -hmm. Season five felt like it, it really took a grittier turn to me, especially the, um, the, uh, slaver arc. And the um, uh, the one that butts up against it, not involving Dathomir, but uh... correct me if I'm wrong, and and this could just be because I was a kid at that time. Wasn't season five the season where they switched from Cartoon Network to Adult Swim? At that point, like they actually started showing it at the later time slot because they wanted to go in a darker direction. Somebody, nobody. I, uh, um, that's a really good question. I know they were intending to go darker and then they got canceled and the Netflix picked up season six. So it's probable. Yeah. I, do, I don't remember seeing, I don't remember seeing it debut on adult swim though. I always thought it was on cartoon network. 
It was it was in that weird like 5 p.m. slot that like butted yeah, up right against. It was the, the literal last. Yeah. yeah. It, let me just take a look here. But yeah, season five was really good. It definitely opened up a lot of like universe points and character mm-hmm. arcs, which I thought was really nice. And they kind of rubber band back to that in season seven. I thought when Disney kind of wrapped it, I don't, I don't know. I, the last couple seasons were just such a great experience, especially if you had come from like only seeing the movies and it's kind of a disappointment. And then you watch all of Clone Wars up to that point and you're like, you know what? Anakin's not such a poor character. And obviously Obi-Wan is such a massively underwhelmingly underrated film character because the TV show just like makes him to be so much more interesting. Yeah. The the one gripe, if you will, that I have is that it felt to me like the Anakin in the Clone Wars series is say three to five years older than the Anakin in Revenge of the Sith or yeah, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, speaks to better writers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like like I'm not saying that, that Sith was bad, but like it how do I want to say this? For a a film library that Lucas was working on for what, thirty five years at that point? Thirty years? Yeah, something along those lines. I mean if, if yeah. that's your capstone, what the hell? Well, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that went on behind the scenes of Star Wars that could be an entire series in and of itself of the behind the scenes at Lucasfilm and the in-between years before Phantom and all of the stuff that led up to him being sole creative on Phantom in those three movies because that's a, that's a thing that people don't realize is that like the first, the original trilogy, he was not the sole creative on that. People had say, and he didn't have an ego twice the size of the planet that you could actually get say in on that. Well, that's fair, I suppose. I mean, like, but it just felt like, okay, Phantom and Clones both kind of have a real, I don't know, they just feel very different than Sith. And and Sith, like even Anakin's turn, although you you know you know it's coming because we all well, I assume at this point pretty much most of the, at least the gaming universe knows the the arcing story of Star Wars at least in in the simplest form. Steve, I can't believe you've spoiled the point of I can't believe you've spoiled that for Star Wars. No. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> Like, yeah, people, you know, it's coming when they said Anakin, everybody was like, oh, oh, there. okay." like when you met him as a kid, you're like, well, that's Darth Vader. Yeah. And like there were points in Clone Wars where where you did see them foreshadowing the turn. But like the the turn in revenge just felt overly fast and forced to me. Yeah. Well, and, and that was, again trying to hurry up and slam something that probably should have been a, a more developed thing into a movie. Like he really, that, that it revenge of the Sith always feels rushed to me. And I like revenge of the Sith. I know that might be a little bit of like blasphemy, but I enjoy that movie. All right. I'm going to disconnect from this call real fast. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't say it's I didn't say it's better than I didn't say it's better than the original trilogy. 
I just think Revenge of the Sith is entertaining. Like to turn on and that's, sit down. That's fair. I think it Revenge is fun of the to watch Sith Jedi is, get shot. Well, it's fun to watch Jedi get shot. It's fun to watch all of the pretty terrible lightsaber fighting that happens in that movie. Yoda and and Palpatine, I thought was good. Yes, but also the Obi Annie came out of that movie, which is terrible. Oh yes. <laughs> Here's an entire scene where we don't touch each other. <laughs> yeah. So here, here's a fun one to throw at you. Have you guys ever heard of Oral Knots on YouTube? Uh... It vaguely rings a bell, but I don't know why. Okay, so it's a group of guys who took the films and redubbed them and re-edited them. Oh, I have. And they are some <laughs> of the funniest Star Wars piece of fan it's not fiction but it's it's just super hilarious what they do and anyone who's listening should absolutely like stop listening to this podcast go type in oral knots a-u-r-a-l uh n-a-u-g-h-t-s i think but anyways if you type in like oral star wars or whatever it'll pop up it is oh it's so good (laughs) i have quoted that to my friends a couple times i will quote the what of our bargain yeah, 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 yeah. You promised me flesh. It's baby time. <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> okay. Oh, Just because <laughs> this connects to my brain, have either of you ever read the webcomic DM of the Rings? I have read some of that. Oh okay. my goodness. It this reminds great. me of something in that vein. That's all. Yeah, yeah, back in the day I read that. That's been a it's been a Oh, minute. I don't I haven't checked it out in, in quite a while, but I remember reading through it and just going, Yep. I haven't <laughs> checked that out since web comics were a thing. <laughs> and we made him eat base. <laughs> but yeah, so you're working through Star Wars and probably like technically it's the right way, but it's also the weirdest way. Because, what? well, in my opinion, I don't know. I look at it and go like, I don't know. In my mind, I always because it's just how I watch those movies because I watched the first three. Then I watched this, the original I watched the original trilogy, then I watched the one, two, three trilogy, then I watched Clone Wars. Like, I watched it in release order, essentially. And to me, watching it chronologically in universe is, is just odd. <laughs> it does this whole good, though. It does, I guess. Yeah. It just, it's, it hurts my brain because I think about all of the weird inconsistencies watching it that way. Well, I mean, to a certain point, but. I mean, it's Star Wars, and yes, there's a lot of campy stuff that doesn't make sense. Like, the one thing, I, I for some reason, this popped into my head as I was driving home from work today. How many starships do you see where the center section or the wings or whatever rotate when they're coming in for a landing? Or, you know, they're spinning blah, blah, blah all the time in space, and yet every time they land, the land loading, dock, loading ramp is on the bottom. <laughs> well, that's... Um... I learned something and I, I don't know, maybe it makes me a bad nerd for not knowing this. Apparently the Millennium Falcon was supposed to fly sideways uh, when they were originally designing the ship. They had planned on it flying sideways so that like the front profile would be a razor edge because that's supposed to be how it pushes freight through space. That's just a weird thing. And then the B-Wing was designed. <laughs> yeah. And then the B-Wing was designed. <laughs> well, it, that actually does make a little bit of sense, like because that would explain why there's the, the notch in it, so that like it would be able to, so to speak, sit over a, a, for lack of a better word, like a loading dock. Right, 
and the... well, but then Solo also has that escape craft in the center. Yeah, so, so Solo that's, that's throws kind of problematic. That. Yeah, well, but you it's a converted freighter. That's that's oh. now okay. All right, I see you, Steve, <laughs> playing playing the big brain card. Okay. <laughs> oh, you can you can ask Steve. I'm I'm very good for counterpointing almost any argument with some <laughs> just ridiculous point. Hey, that's life. <laughs> uh, no, I have um, to think about this now. Yeah, you're 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 actually <laughs> right about that because it. But so I'm just trying to think about this because you get to come off of so you get to come off of um so you're you're in the middle of solo right now. You get to come off of solo and go into rebels. <gasps> so good. <laughs> yeah, rebels is awesome. And then you get to come off of Rebels and come into what is probably my favorite of the like independent movies, which is Rogue One. Also, also a very good piece of media to consume. And then you get to go into the original trilogy. So you got this like it's a you deep got dish this, pizza like, of Star Wars. Yeah, it's the it's the best of everything Star Wars right there. And then you get to well, no, no then you get to watch The Mandalorian. Yes. <laughs> And then you get to the new trilogy. Uh, and that's where this episode ends abruptly. I have good news, Steve. You can watch The Mandalorian and stop watching Star Wars. <laughs> you too can suffer like the rest of us. <laughs> well, like, yeah, it, I don't know. It, Star Wars has been a thing, like, and, and to be honest, though, you know, the, the, what I was mentioning about, I didn't ever see Star Wars until my freshman year of college. I was 18, I think. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was 18. When I saw Star Wars for the first time. Wow. It was the fall of 95, I believe. I was two. (laughs) (laughs) Just to make you feel a little bit older. (laughs) Guy I was uh, in my uh, freshman English English comp class. He's like, hey, come on, we're going to watch Star Wars. I'm like, okay. And well, you know, and then that was actually followed not terribly long after by me being asked to join a uh, Star Wars RPG game. And mm. that, the rest is history, so to speak. But Hey, you watched this movie once. Let's go play this game. <laughs> well, at that point, I don't remember, you know, because then that was just as, like, the, the remasters of the trilogies were being announced and stuff. So, like, it was... It, not that it, it went away, but it was, you know, kind of resurgent at that point. Right. But yeah, so yeah, well then they they gave me the Wookiee, so I just sat there and made bear noises. <laughs> I just, I, I, I can't imagine, and I, I don't mean, like, us three playing Star Wars would be hilarious. Like, can we just acknowledge <laughs> that? I'm pretty sure, Sugi, you would probably play a, a Yoda-esque figure. Steve, you're playing the Wookiee, and and if I'm playing, you know, I have the most backwards, like, I'm probably, I'm probably playing some terrible, like, terrible, like, bounty hunter that just is awful at his job, because that's the kind of characters that I play. <laughs> yeah, well, like, to, to give you some background, Steve has a habit of making characters that are incredibly entertaining, but are probably better as an NPC. <laughs> <laughs> or, or incredibly entertaining but terrible what their stated goal is <laughs> um mm. i made a 
made a, a corp in cyberpunk once that wanted to be a solo but he was really bad at being a solo <laughs> <laughs> that, that we had fun with that though yeah yeah that was a good one shot the actual solo was well he had this like kind of my little pony obsession except he made his own out of plastique <laughs> well yeah that was a good time and to, to, to tell you kind of what happens here, right? He's been doing this on and off the whole session, right? So they're staking out this thing, right? They're up on top of this building watching this thing happen in the alley. And so I figure at worst, in my head, they were going to follow the people after they saw them do the thing in the alley. Or I figured at worst, maybe shoot at them mm-hmm. and then follow them. What do they do? He chucks the pony over the building and then goes full auto on it. Ha! <laughs> We're talking about a whole kilo of plastic-sized pony. <laughs> a kilo of plastic explosives. Have fun. Oh, man. That was also the same night we almost got our other character killed because he was in front of the van. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, well, I, a Wookiee, I don't know. I, I keep looking at things and I'm going, oh, this person's like, I love Hondo. Hondo cracks mm, me. Yeah. That kind of kind of half Cajun, half French, half Italian accent. Just wait know. until Rebels. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> but, I'm uh, just excited to see when you actually get to Rebels because I love that show so much. It's it's sol- it's it's so good. I I oh my gosh, there's just so much in that show and it's so well done. Like, I think, though, that's kind of the thing that, that I find so fascinating about the Star Wars universe as a gaming setting, too, though, is that, like, it's so massive and there's so much to explore. And yet, kind of like Eberron, a lot of it is incredibly vague and leaves so much up to the interpretation of the people playing it in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, unlike, I mean, you can say that, yeah, you can do whatever you want in any setting. And you can, but, like, Forgotten Realms just feels looking there are people who are probably going to start screaming at you know their phones or whatever but it's how it's boring to me i could understand that but at the same time fantasy is not your setting so no, it's not. i will grant that fantasy isn't necessarily my setting either but i can understand why people are like oh man forgotten realms i'm like yeah i get it i get it because there's things there's things i talk about there's things i talk about that people are like oh <laughs> Because like so great. <laughs> How about you, Sugi? I know you you actually do get into RPGs quite a bit, despite the fact that you know your your podcasting is is minis and wargaming. I know. I thought about doing some RPG stuff because I I do enjoy. It. We play. My friends and I have a weekly Star Wars role playing game, and that has been an absolute blast because this is their first uh, role playing game ever, and it's really really fun because everyone is a star Wars fan. So it's easy to bring them into that universe, but seeing them explore and learn and understand the aspect of like imagination, creative thinking, trying to break the game. And it's, it's a uh, super refreshing and even going to like conventions or playing with friends of mine that do like D and D or, Oh, I'm so excited for the new avatar last airbender book. That's coming out next year, 2022. And then they're remaking the Lord of the Rings role-playing game. I'm just, like, I'm totally getting that book. I'm like, all right, I'm a hobbit. I'm a hobbit. Did you back it? I, so I've kind of been burned on Kickstarters before. So I generally wait until it's 
live with an actual MSRP. Not saying that's going to happen, but mm-hmm. I would rather know for a fact that it is available and I'll pay for it as opposed to here's my money and oh, wait, I don't have anything. I took my money. Yeah, that's that's fair. I, I just I know that publisher. One of the things they do that's really cool is if you're interested in any of their other games, you can tack them on and with like no additional shipping. Like because yeah. the free league, you know, they they kickstarted the new Twilight 2000 a couple months mm-hmm. back. I, yeah, I backed that, and then I ended up adding on the core book for Mutant Year Zero for like thirty two dollars. I I might back it. I have to see when the backing time ends because I'm not entirely sure. But like whenever it comes out. One way or the other, I'm going to get it because A, Lord of the Rings is one of my favorite franchises of all time. And B, who doesn't want to play as a Gandalf? I mean, <laughs> how did I miss the Avatar The Last Airbender officially licensed game by Magpie? I don't know. That was I like posted it on our Discord. Did I you? squealed. Yes. I think he did. I, it was everywhere. I'm like, because <laughs> like I love Avatar. But the world of Legend of Korra is way more interesting, in my opinion. Yeah, I told I told whoever DMs it, I'm going to play as Boomerang. Oh. They, the team, because what, Mendez Hodes is on that. Um, Daniel Kwan. Wow. That yeah, book is I'm be down hot. for that. Yeah, I'm down for that. That's... We should, we should, next year, we should do an Avatar Let's Play. Yeah. Go for it. I don't care. You want to run it? Go for it. Okay. <laughs> All right, every, everyone is blind. Go. Everyone is blind. Everyone is tough. <laughs> and we're all earthbenders, and we're all snarky. We all tell everybody the truth at all times. That's it. <laughs> it's my favorite. Anytime she's on screen, you know somebody's about to hear something that they didn't want to hear. Get, get that aloe vera ready for these burns, because it's coming. <laughs> See... Okay, I only ask, give me enough warning so I can actually watch the show so I have some some clue. <laughs> you got a year, Steve. You got a you, you have a year, yeah. You have the time. You don't you don't have to watch Korra. You do have to watch Avatar. Like that's that's the core of most all Avatar fans. Like Korra's a thing. It's not my favorite. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but like you have to watch Avatar. Like that's I think my big thing with Korra is I'm a sucker for take X and age it. And so they took the setting of avatar and aged it. And I love that. However, I agree with the people that are like Cora, eh. but that setting to me seems really fascinating more than the actual story itself. Yeah. The, the universe, the technology and things they have are great. There's, I had some character problems. I'm not going to say what it is because it kind of spoils things. But uh, my my most hilarious revelation was when someone posted a meme and they're like, okay, so the characters Legend of Korra have biplanes, trains, cars, but not guns? I was yeah. like, uh-oh, uh-oh, oh dear. Because, of course, you know, that would be age appropriate for that technological period. And I was like, oh, no, this this changes everything. Why aren't there guns? Well, yeah. Well, uh, just make some guns. It, um, I I don't know. I know Steve's watched it. Did you uh, watch um, A and E series Into the Badlands at all, Suki? No, no, I've not. It's different. <laughs> I, that's the best way I can explain it. it it's <laughs> think kind of a steampunk antebellum post-apocalyptic kung fu okay. movie. Oh, yes. there's the kicker right there. 
you can't leave out the kung fu movie part it, <laughs> it's it's very important that that gets added into that yeah but because it's, it's got a very steampunky kind of antebellum south vibe to it but it is very much post-apocalyptic and there is like you said there's the kung fu movie element to it too oh, it's, it's so weird it's great it's 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 a game that I'd love to play that I don't know ever get actually licensed. Like I'm going to end up running it myself out of probably Genesis because (laughs) (laughs) that's a great, that's a great system to do it in. Yeah. 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 Cortex. Maybe. Ooh, Cortex. I've been, I've been eyeballing Cortex for a little bit now because that seems really cool. I bought it. I love it. I'm still learning the like gist of it, but it's it's a really robust system. I, I like it. I like both Genesis and Cortex. They fill different voids, but oh my gosh, it's yeah. neat. Now, is Cortex as cinematic as Genesis? That's an excellent question. I feel like it depends on the DM. So I, I'm going to say some things about Cortex, and I don't know like everything about it. I've only read through the rule book once, and I played it a couple times. So the premise from what I've gathered is when you're building the characters it's very character driven based on the parameter set so cortex uses traits so the the idea is the dm is going to set these prime traits and a majority of them if not all of them are going to be relevant in a given situation so for example like they use something called relationships so it's like you know my relationship with steve is different than my relationship with Steve and Steve and Steve don't like Steve, but they like me. So whenever we do something, I know it's funny, but like jokes aside, like it's relevant because there's always going to be a role like, well, how would this affect my relationship with this Steve or this other person? Because it's all, you know, based on that. And then of course there'd be, um, you know, maybe abilities or powers attached as a prime trait. So it's like, I'm going to use my super strength to save Steve and that will bolster our relationship and so on and so forth. So in a Genesis game, you have all of your statistics. And when you make a check, it's based around those statistics. So say, you know, I'm going to um, try to sneak around. So you're going to do, what is that? Cunning? No, that's brawn? Agility? Whatever. So you check your your like main six stats versus your ability. And then you, you do the die pool building. Whereas in Cortex you don't really worry about which stat is relevant to which stat. It's just, Hey, you know, whenever you do something, it's going to be relational with a person and it's going to use one of the superpowers you have. And then it's going to use either like a mental, physical or spiritual aspect. So it's different, but it can be very exciting and very world warping kind of like Genesis can be at times, but I think Genesis is better at that more, narrative more sensationalist style of execution in a role-playing game where cortex is much more player relative and much more uh intimate in terms of like everything that happens kind of revolves around everyone in the party and you kind of build a positive or negative experience from what you choose to do okay so it it focuses more on character relationships than perhaps interaction with the environment would that be fair yeah it can i think for a majority of the time it does um so like one of the core rulebook examples to like kind of get your feet wet 
is there's a scenario called Hammerheads, and it's actually free, so you can check it out on the website, uh, whatever, Cortex.com or whatever. If you look it up, it's on, you know, just Google it. And, you know, they didn't pay me to say any of this. But what's really cool is the Hammerheads is basically a uh, love letter to Thunderbirds, the old marionette TV show, without being sued for, you know, stealing the copyright infringement. But the whole premise is your group of players are built around going to different disaster areas and saving people and you have all these tools and so when you build your characters you are usually ex military or ex um, rescue service or whatever and so you're, you're the this cream of the crop crew and so the dm goes okay there's a hurricane in this fake place you and your crew are going to go save these people from the damage and go and so like it's really cool because that is very relational because you know you have like your tech guy and then your weather guy and then your strong man your firefighter so on and so forth and so you're really working together to save these people because that's the scenario that's presented to you whereas in genesis it's probably going to be a lot more of a long form experience as opposed to like cortex is like get in get out it's a one off genesis could be you know three or four sessions where you know you're saving people and then you're finding something and then maybe there's actually like a villain and you're like, oh, we have to thwart the villain where Cortex is just here's your team. Here's some gear. Go save these people. Come home. And then, you know, that's it. You're done. That seems actually really nice. Yeah, I I, I like systems that encourage encourage character reaction or character interaction. And that sounds like it really, really is aimed towards character interaction. Mm-hmm. really really aimed towards getting your players to interact with not just the environment but each other which can sometimes be a struggle i'm not gonna lie i've had issues with characters like i find it with new players especially where they don't want to interact like they're afraid to interact in character with each other essentially like they're not afraid to role play with an npc mm-hmm. but they're afraid to be like character like they're afraid to be like answering questions that another character would pose in you know what i mean like i know it's i'm struggling to find my words right now the the inner character role play like between yeah like you said between pcs yeah no i i yeah i think you're right i think especially new players and or people who've just never been exposed to that type of gaming they they kind of take a weird look at that and I think that's something that, that perhaps like Critical Role has really brought to the forefront because they do a lot of that. Yeah. Like the best way to describe the difference between Cortex and Genesis, in my opinion, is Cortex, once again, in my opinion, is a superior system for one-offs. If you just want, or, or short form, like if you want to do like a, a one-off or maybe like a two or three-off, Cortex is super good at that. I haven't played a long form yet, so I'm I'm positive that Cortex is really good at long form. But also, after playing a lot of Genesis and a lot of Star Wars, I prefer to play the Genesis Star Wars system for long form because although character interaction is great, personally, I feel like the GM has a much harder time creating a vast universe because for Cortex, because the game is so player-focused. The the universe is not nearly as important as the things that are driving these characters to do things. So for some people, that's perfect. And for some people, that's not interesting. For me, I like both. But if I'm doing long form, I'd rather have a lot more control over the universe 
and let the players create more organic relationships than the game not necessarily forcing it but because it's so focused on it it's like 60 percent players 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 and then maybe 30 percent the universe and then 10 percent mechanics in cortex and personally i like giving the players this open world to kind of play with like a sandbox and letting them determine who they are what they are what they want to do and that's just my style of role-playing like i said it's all my opinion there's nothing wrong with cortex but that's the the way i perceive the two separate games in terms of like which would you play for this situation like cortex short form genesis long form any day of the week no that's that seems reasonable if like you said, I mean, it is your opinion and everyone's going to have a different one, but no, that, that makes sense. And that, you know, like I've been thinking about it and, and lately, you know, I've been for the most part thinking about things more in terms of kind of mini campaigns, you know, but like Genesis slash Star Wars just feels like it would be really fun to play out something much more epic in scale with. Mm -hmm. I really think you guys would like Cortex. It's got a lot of things going for it there's some things that confuse me up front but i'll say that the discord has not only a ton of people in it but the people who did all the development work and even cam banks who helped design the game he's on there all the time so like if you have any questions about anything someone is there to answer it and then you know jt has that prime by cortex podcast so they talk about a lot of content the point yeah. i'm trying to make is it's a really robust system it's a lot of fun it's brand new. Like I think it came out in November of 2020. So it's a very, very fresh system and it shows all those things. And that's kind of the fun thing is the whole concept is they want to build a skeletal system where you can take your favorite IP and throw it in there. I think it works exceedingly well. It's just, it's so unique that I think some people might get turned off. Like if you're coming from D and D or star Wars that are very, or Pathfinder even that are very traditional role-playing games, you have like six stats and then you have a bunch of abilities that proc off of those initial stats and you're going on an adventure and you're saving the damsel in distress or you're robbing the huts for spice or whatever you're doing. You know, when Lord of the Rings comes out, oh, you know, you're going, you're taking, you're taking the hobbits to Isengard. Um, you know, that's a very standard thing that most people have thought about because they've seen it in, you know, a movie and they can replay it over weeks or months with this long form system. Cortex feels a lot like a TV show, which I think is a little bit weirder to digest for people because it's shorter. It's obviously significantly more focused on the characters and it's meant to be kind of like a lot happens in a short time span. But then when you're done, you kind of wrap up and then you come back next week like you would in a TV show. And it's like, boom, here's another problem you have to solve. You know, it's like, oh, wow, let's go. And then you're done and then you come back and do it again it's like you know whatever your favorite sitcom is or even like the twilight zone it's just a constant barrage of stuff so whereas in a long form yeah, go yeah. Ahead. no you would say cortex is episodic then that's yeah oh yeah cool, actually oh yeah i was gonna say that makes sense because the the older versions of cortex powered smallville and leverage mm -hmm. and i forget there was a couple other ones and they've got that a marvel game too dc it was dc i thought or was it, was Mar it no DC? it was marvel you're right. No, it, was, it was Marvel. And then they've got what Legends of Grey Skull. They help. Mm -hmm. They hold that IP. And... They've got Zadia coming out. Yes, that's just super exciting. Yeah, I, I I need to get. I say this all the time, but I'm I'm so glad that I'm just gonna get a couple things out of the way. So I finally got a crew 
that's willing to play things that aren't D&D to sit down <laughs> at a table. And it's so nice because I can look at them and go, hey, we're playing Cyberpunk this week. And like, we're going to play this for a couple sessions, but don't expect me to play this forever because I'm going to get bored with that. Like, not that I'm going to get bored with it, but I'm going to want to play something else. And it's so nice to be able to go, hey, do you guys want to try this? And they're like, I don't know what that is. Sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, it is. That, that's that been a breath of fresh air for me, too. Yeah, because I got you in on that because our normal group is just strictly D&D. And I love playing with them because they're such a great group of goofballs. But I, I'm so burnt out on D&D at this point. <laughs> so try try. Uh, so here's here's the evil spiel for me. They have a trimmed down version of the rules on the Cortex website you can go through. And they have the free Hammerheads campaign you can play with your friends for free. Right. And you can give it a shot, get your feet wet, see if you like it. And if you do, I bought the PDF digitally, so it was like almost half off. And it's been great. And if you don't like it, you didn't really lose that much. And on top of that, they run on Fridays. They generally have one of the designers or developers or people who work with staff run a game. So even if you don't want to read anything, you can just show up on the Discord channel and say, hey, I'm new. What do we do? And they'll they'll walk you through. It takes like 30 minutes to build a character. And then they'll run like a two or three hour game on a Friday night. And you can get your feet wet without even doing anything, investing any time, any money. And it's super fun. It's it's one of those things where I just can't stop talking about it because I understand it's not for everybody. But if you're an RPG person and you want to try something new, like I really, really think you will be happy and quite surprised at how how many different kind of role playing like nodes in your brain it tickles, even though it's maybe not the standard ones you're used to. You're kind of like, oh, that's neat. Well, let's do that again. Right. Yeah. Oh, no, cool. I. I appreciate that. That is something that I'm always looking for. That's why I'm always I'm always buying new games and being like, all right, let's try this. All right, that's a cool setting. Let's do this. Or I buy a lot of, well, how do I put this? I've spent a lot of money on generic RPG settings is what mm -hmm. I want to get at. Or set yeah. it or games that not necessarily games that are generic, but more along the lines of games that I look at them and go, I don't care too much about your setting, but you seem like you have a really interesting mechanic. So I'm going to strip that out and make it do what I want to do. <laughs> and I do that a lot. I, I, I really do. I will grab games and be like, Ooh, what are you? You're diceless. Oh man. I don't really care about your setting, but I'm going to grab you and like throw you on a table and run my own setting in your, in your system. Right. Well, I, I can say very comfortably that I think that cortex at least this iteration of Cortex, is probably going to be played for a long time. It's got a lot going for it. It really, I, I think it's probably easier to throw on an IP to Cortex than Genesis. Um, not by terribly much, maybe like 10% easier. Like Genesis is very simple, um, but Cortex, like the whole premise of the game was built to be, you know, take your favorite IP, you know, throw it that skin over this skeletal system and go. And it, it really is because I've already started. I worked on like a Bioshock one. I worked on a Hunter Hunter one. I worked on um, a Pokemon one. I did an Avatar, the last Airbender one. And then there's like, oh, there's a real book coming out. So I, I was like, forget that. But I mean, it's it's not terribly hard to take what they have and just change some names. And it's like, boom, you're in this, you know, whatever universe you want to be in, you know, a TV show, a movie, an anime, a comic book. 
and it's it's almost cathartic to kind of sit at home listen to some music and go what ip do i want to explore tonight once again like genesis is not difficult either i just i think cortex is a little bit simpler that's fair, that's fair. i mean i think well it, it sounds though like where genesis cortex is is as you've said more character focused where i think genesis is a little more setting focused in a strange yes that's way. a great way to put it yes i agree mm-hmm you know, like from, from everything I've heard, you know, be it listening to the forge or, or going through the book, you know, what I've had a chance to so far, Genesis is, is, is really designed for you to create a setting and maybe not as easily adapt an IP so much as I've got this weird idea. Here's some tools to build it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But that's kind of the thing that makes it so fun is that if you come from Genesis and you learn the nuances of Cortex, it's not terribly different. It's just your mindset. Ha- it, it's like the way you come at the universe you're creating has to shift just a smidgen. Mm-hmm. And for me, it took a moment because I'm so used to having complete control over my universe. And Cortex doesn't care about that as much. It cares much more about what the players are driven to do. And so it was like, wait, I don't get it. And after talking to some people and like talking to JT and asking questions, eventually it clicked. And I'm like, oh, it like like you said, it's a very episodic style of game. So I always look at my Star Wars role playing, you know, D&D, whatever, from like a macro version of like, you know, here's like the starting point. Here's like the potential ending point. And then here's a bunch of little dots we might go through. And then, of course, you have to anticipate like the players are probably going to, you know, change their minds or diverge or come up with some wild and crazy new thing you didn't expect it's like oh well we have to adapt for that whereas cortex it's a little bit harder to do that for example with the hammerheads you know the the not thunderbirds game when your team has been assembled and you guys are going to fight a forest fire uh, it's extremely difficult for a player to go i'm going to go loot the bodies or i think i'm going to go over that direction and see what happens like you're kind of driven by the story already where you're meant to be saving people and putting out this fire and doing your job. So diverging from your character or the terrible thing that's happening in front of you doesn't have any reward. And most players will be like, what what are you doing? Get back. We need you. You're trying, you're, you're the firefighter. Like, you know, you're supposed to help show us what to do. Mm-hmm. But in like Genesis or D&D, that's totally acceptable to just like go off on your own and be like, well, I just feel like doing something new and we'll see what happens. So I, I guess that's kind of the more interesting thing is like if you're one of those players who wants to kind of go off the rails and improvise, you can. But there's not as much payout and there's not really anything driving you to do that because like once again in the firefighter in the, in the, in the you know forest fire scene, why would you do that? How does that matter? And what on earth are you doing? Like, get back here and save these people. Like that—that that guy is about to, you know, die. Go save him. Don't go gallivanting around trying to like pick people's pockets. Stop. No, I—I I get what. Yeah, it's—it's it's a different different focus of game. I think that's that's the thing. I think a lot of people don't get is that different games and different systems. It's not just. It's not Lord of the Rings in a postmodern setting. You know, there's different games be it mechanically and story-wise emphasize different things and so while both genesis and cortex are toolbox systems that are more narratively focused 
they're focusing on different aspects of things you can do within them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That was well said. Yep. I applaud you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Every now and then I say something that makes sense. I'm I'm really good at being wordy and sometimes it's hard to like condense the thought, but I like giving people the opportunity to kind of explore their own imagination because everyone can see it differently. But cort cortex cortex is like that special experience you don't see very often. But that one time you play it, you're like, I'm hooked. I want to do this maybe not every day, maybe not weekly. But I want to do this multiple times in a year. And that's the best part is like, it's really fun and refreshing every time I get to play with someone. Generally, it's on the Discord because they they run the games faster than I can at this point. And eventually I want to run it myself. But it's just kind of like, you know, it's always something unique and something different. It's like, man, this is cool because I can jump in, create a character, play in this universe, kind of dip my toe into the pool. And then when we're done, you've kind of had a, a fully round. It's like, it's like a meal, actually. I guess it's a great way to explain it. It's like going to different restaurants. You know, do you want to have a barbecue role playing experience tonight? Do you want to have a Mexican role playing experience? Do you want some Asian? You know, do you want some um, soup and salad? Like, you know, you, you show up, you eat it, you digest it. It's really good. And then you go home and you're very satisfied. And that's what Cortex does for me. It's always a fully rounded, satisfying meal or experience. And like, I have never experienced that with D&D or Genesis or Star Wars. Like I've never shown up and played like one game and been like, that was great. Even like a, at a convention with a one-off. It's usually like, you know, there's there's more things I want to explore, more things I want to do, or, you know, there's there's just kind of more I want to do. And it's not always completely satisfying. But Cortex is like, hey, man, we got you covered in the satisfaction department. I'm like, yes. Cool, cool. It's also too like it might be a great game to have for like, so to speak, you have like a secondary campaign that you play when, say, a couple people can't make it. And because it's so episodic, you know, you can just kind of pick it up and drop it. And so, you know, Bob and Sam can't make it this week. The rest of you play it, you know, and then next month, Joe and, and Sarah can't make it. So you play Cortex and you do an episode of this other thing and their characters just aren't there that episode. That is brilliant. Yeah. Mm hmm. It's a palate cleanser. You're right. Yeah. It's that green ice cream you get at the Asian restaurants in between. Oh, man, I, I want some green ice cream so bad now. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Okay. I know what you're talking about. I love green ice cream in a little bitty bowl with a little bitty spoon. It's it's always fresh and cold and tasty. <laughs> mm. I, I highly recommend trying it. It's delightful. It's so good. Green tea ice cream is a thing. Okay. Green tea ice cream. Okay. Yes. yes. So. so. So much for not talking about role-playing games. <laughs> No, I, I, that's fine. Keeps us on point or it keeps us on brand. Well, that was, yeah, I, I steered us that direction. It actually keeps us on, it, it, it keeps us more on brand than you'd believe because we say, we're not going to talk about a lot of role playing games today. And then we spend 20 minutes talking about Cortex. Like, <laughs> because that is exactly what happens with us is that we're going to talk about this topic. Okay. I'm lost. Where are we? Where did we go? How did we end up here? Uh, speaking of how do we end up here yes i think it's that time oh game of the week game of the week all right who wants to go first do you have something picked out yet Shugi, or would you I'll like you guys go first as i mash my you can hear my keyboard <laughs> i have something i've been i've been sitting on that i've been going to use for a while if you want me to go steve yeah go for it this is a game 
and it's actually uh, from John Wick, and it's called Wield. Is that the guy that kills people because he's mad about his dog? Same spelling. Oh, okay. Uh, actually, John Wick presents, and obviously John Wick is one of the authors, and he's written God knows how many different games. But in any case, this one, this game is called Wield, and surprisingly enough, coming for me, this is a fantasy game, but it is a fantasy role-playing game where you play an ancient powerful weapon and the heroes who wield you are disposable hit points oh that sounds awesome basically you're playing a magic weapon and you get to run through wielders nice you know now it doesn't give a lot of information as to game system or whatever it's a 95 page pdf it's six bucks for the pdf on drive through uh, like i said written uh, by john wick and uh Gillian Frazier looks like Gillian Frazier. I don't know how they pronounce it, but yeah, 95 pages, black and white, you know, character sheets for both weapons and wielders has says it has over a hundred powers that the, as a weapon you can, you know, bestow to your wielders, you know, it, it, and it, and it ties in with a a weird idea that I've had in my head for like a D and D one shot for a while that where I want to sit people down and okay, make a character. Now, you're also going to make a sentient magic weapon. And so after everyone has made the sentient magic weapon, okay, pass the, the magic weapon sheet to the person to your left. And so we play the game with everyone playing their neighbor's weapon <laughs> in addition to their character. That sounds really cool. I, I've seen Wield. I just never really looked too much at it, but that sounds pretty awesome. Uh, so I think I'll go next because I have a sort of weird bundle of games but they're on sale right now hopefully they're still on sale when you hear this episode so my bundle of games is the 2400 series 2400 it's a series of what they are calling super slim lo-fi sci-fi rpgs i've seen them throwing around drive through their artwork's super cool and when i saw their their very light just lo-fi the the term they used was lo-fi which yeah, I, I like that term. That's a term that I can get behind. Just sort of a cool, gringy, like, quick, dirty RPG. It seems really fun. The bundle comes with a bunch of different expansions that you can play with, just different ideas. It runs off the 24XDX SRD system, uh, or you can play it system agnostic with random tables for sci-fi scenarios. It seems like a really cool, really fun game just something i'm gonna have to try and get on a table at some point so like it comes with 24 2400 alt cosmic highway emergency rules eos exiles inner system blues orbital decay project icarus like just a ton of stuff that's coming in this bundle and as of right now it's six bucks yeah i'd say this looks like kind of very pulp sci-fi yeah right like Alt looks really cool because the art is like a like an ape man with a bunch of cybertech strapped to him in a like a spacesuit and just what I originally clicked on was emergency rules because that looked like weird and sort of paranoia-ish. And this looks like a really interesting system. And it, I'm definitely when we finish recording the podcast, this is gonna come home with me. So <laughs> <laughs> So what do you got, Sugi? All right. So I want to I want to clarify, make sure I'm on the same page because sometimes I don't do that thing. Um, 
am I talking about a game I want to purchase or a game I'm playing and want to tell people that they should go buy? Yes. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, mm. yeah it's it's a game that oh. like oh. nine times out of ten, the games that we talk about on Game of the Week, we haven't touched. <laughs> oh. We're just like, hey, here's this neat thing that like maybe you you played it years ago and haven't touched it in a long time and you'd like to or it's this weird thing that that you falls within your sensibilities and you want to try playing so many games okay well the one the one thing i've been eyeballing for a hot moment is if you've ever heard of the board game called root which is a marvelous war game board game and has the cutest little meeples it's these do you guys know what that game is yes yeah i've played root okay so did you see that there's the new expansion that was announced on kickstarter i'm like the underground or something i think yeah it's so cute. i've heard about ah! it so i'm i'm eyeballing that because i love root i love everything that that company's done also they have an rpg coming out so it's just like ah, th- can they do no wrong that's from magpie as well yep yeah that looks really yeah. fun they they are the pre-anakin of the game board game world for me they they're the chosen one <laughs> They can, well, they I don't do think no they wrong. didn't do the board game though, did they? That's somebody else. I know they no, they did the no, RPG. It's, it's, it's somebody else. Like whoever whoever's designing this universe is just great. Root the roots, it's all beautiful. I love it so much. Um, so that's my sales pitch of things you should go check out and buy. Uh, a game you should definitely play because it's good for the soul and will make you laugh is Cosmic Encounter. I have happily finally purchased my own copy like a month and a half ago after bumming off of everybody else i know who owns that game and now i'm playing with my friends and it's been marvelous because the diplomacy has been horrendously fun (laughs) and um if you just want pure chaos and absolute laughter for a mere 60 ish dollars depending on msrp and where you're getting it from uh, you two can have an infinite amount of good time feels as you screw over your friends and do terrible things as the healer and that's all I'm going to say about that. But oh, that game's oh, so much fun. I've played a lot of Cosmic Encounter. <laughs> I had to look it up. I'm like, wait, Cosmic Encounter. That sounds, oh, it's this game. Yeah. Played oh, yeah, a lot yep. of that. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> it's so a much, board game. So much fun. Yeah. It's, it's great. Oh, okay. Now it's coming up. Yeah. I've played a lot of Cosmic Encounter because my friends were always obsessed with like, oh, they always like those screw each other over, lie to each other <laughs> games. Um, Battlestar Galactica, the board game. Have you ever yes! played it? Yes. Uh, so my good. friends, I got banned from playing Battlestar. <laughs> um, I actually Look. killed that game at our local gaming store for a little while because I, I was, yeah, I did some stuff, made some people mad and was told I'm not allowed to play this again. And then nobody played it for a long time. Uh, that, that's you where you earned your Cylon? nickname, was it not? Yeah, that's where I get my nickname. And I'll tell you my nickname off air because we don't want to make Steve <laughs> bleep any more things. Um, but I was the, I was the accidental third Cylon, if that makes any sense. <laughs> there was, okay, it was like two o'clock in the morning and there were things happening around me and I was like, okay, I think this guy's the bad guy, but I'm not sure. So I screwed the one player over and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what did I do? I don't know. Are you a sympathizer? No. Are you a Cylon? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, but, you were the third imposter. No, yeah. stop it. You stop that. No. <laughs> but we, ah. we played a ton of that. We played Sheriff of Nottingham. And yeah, we've played Cosmic oh, Encounter. And that, those are just game. great games. 
Sheriff but, is great. I love that. I love like it's the game that teaches kids how bribery works. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Sheriff is this fantastic. Like playing it with kids is great. Playing it with adults is even better because the mm-hmm. adults start getting really mean with each other. Like, <laughs> hey man, I gave you two bucks last week. You have to take this deal. What? No, get off of me. Stop. <laughs> Oh, man, I I love those games. But, well, we want to thank you for coming on to our podcast. It has been an absolute blast. And, yes, it and has. We will definitely have you back on in the future to talk about something in particular. Maybe not such a rambling episode, but <laughs> probably, probably have you on to talk about some minis, because we do need to talk about minis at some point about, you know, painting and, and games and all of that. But, um... <laughs> it's been a blast i mean like i i'm totally fine with coming on just having a a seinfeld episode nothing happens we all laugh somebody gets dumped it's all good man like (laughs) it's it's a good time but i can i can do my my kramer impression just like stumble around hey man that's my job stop that oh never mind i'll 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 be not kramer have you ever heard me talk i stumble through my words enough that's my job (laughs) i'll I'll just make airline jokes What's up with airlines? <laughs> What's up with board games? I don't get it. I feel bad because that makes that makes Steve Costanza. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, he's popular right now. That's a good thing. <laughs> it either makes him Costanza or it makes him uh, oh, what is her? He could uh, be Newman. Elaine. Newman's he cool. could be he could be Newman. He could be Elaine. Newman, <laughs> bro. Newman got a job working at Jurassic Park. There is no shame in being a Newman. <laughs> But all right, well, that man killed. The, uh, I was gonna say he killed Nick Fury. Yeah, uh, actually, on the on the the uh, Seinfeld. Did you see the um, Criminal Minds episode where Jason Alexander plays the bad guy? No, that sounds amazing. It's. I want to say it's one of the early earlier episodes. I want to say I'm... yes because I again goes back to she has she's obsessed with criminal minds and all of those cop drama shows so i've seen every episode of that at this point in my life mm-hmm. um but yeah i I have, a, I have a terrible challenge for anyone who's listening before we get on out of here i want someone to develop a seinfeld role-playing game oh man you know what i think there actually is one somewhere seriously what do you do I, uh, um nothing I, I, you live in new york on a discord that i, uh, that I pre- frequent oh my goodness that would be super fun you just don't do anything but you have to like play it out there's a one pager yeah i just found that oh no there's a troika adaptation there is a there is an rpg about (laughs) frazier which is i'm sorry that's way more interesting than seinfeld to me yeah i I agree with that i'm okay with this but yeah yeah, so troika feld all right, before we get too far into this, we're trying to end this. <laughs> we want to thank everybody who came out today. We want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you, Sugi, for coming on. No, thank you for having me. It was great. <laughs> we do want to be kind to one another and get out there and play some RPGs. <laughs> <laughs> or Have not. a good time, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
intro and outro music by the band 12 Noon. You can email us at meandsteverpg at gmail.com. You can also find us at facebook.com slash meandsteverpg. Thank you and be kind to each other. Cigar. Cigar, 20 bucks, dog. You got to go down the street to the store and buy that. Oh, that was wonderful. I didn't, I didn't think that someone came up with a Seinfeld thing. That was great. <laughs> I want to play Costanza. That would be fun. Oh, man. Seinfeld RPG. I got to know. Like, that, I got to know. Now I feel very fancy. Thank you, Robot Man. What podcast are we talking about this week? <laughs> uh, oh, that's a, that's a good question. How about the Chick-fil-A podcast on Sundays? Yeah. We're uh, protesting the fact that there's no a horrible lack of Chick-fil-A <laughs> on Sundays. And my gullet needs more Sunday Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I think you killed him. I think you killed him. <laughs> I'm probably the up version of uh oh man there i broke it oh (laughs) (laughs) anyways um let's roll that back